discouraged further questions. Frank's lab worked year-round, seven days a week. Last summer, busy writing a grant proposal, he hadn't come to the Cape at all. Martine seemed to take this as a personal slight, though she'd never seemed to enjoy his company. He's an academic, she'd said testily. He gets the summers off. Isn't that the whole point? It was clear from the way she pronounced the word what she thought of academics. Martine saw in Frank the same flaws Paulette did, his obsession with his work, his smug delight in his own intellect. She simply didn't forgive him, as Paulette, as women generally, always had. Frank had maintained for years that Martine hated him, a claim Paulette dismissed. Don't be silly, she's very fond of you. Why tell such a lie? Because Martine was family, and she ought to be fond of Frank. Paulette had firm ideas back then of how things ought to be. In Truro, the air was cooler. Finally, the traffic thinned. Martine turned off the highway and onto the no-name road, a narrow lane that had only recently been paved. Their father had taught the girls, as children, to recite the famous line from Thoreau, Cape Cod is the bared and bended arm of Massachusetts. The shoulder is at Buzzards Bay, the elbow at Cape Malbar, the wrist at Truro, and the sandy fist at Provincetown. Remembering this, Paulette felt a stab of tenderness for her father. Everett Drew had made his living as a patent attorney and viewed ideas as property of the most precious kind. In his mind, Thoreau was the property of New England of Concord, Massachusetts, perhaps even particularly of the Drews. Is Daddy feeling better? Paulette asked. I've been worried about his back. Martine had just returned from Florida, where their parents had retired, and Ev was now recovering from surgery. Paulette visited when she could, but this was no substitute for Sunday dinners at her parents' house, the gentle rhythm of family life, broken now, gone forever. He misses you, said Martine, but he may do with me. Paulette blinked. She was often blindsided by how acerbic her sister could be, how in the middle of a pleasant conversation Martine could deliver a zinger that stopped her cold, the backhanded compliment, the ripe apple with a razor inside. When they were children, she'd often crept up behind Paulette and pulled her hair for no reason. It wasn't her adult life, alone in a big city, that had made Martine prickly. She had always been that way. They turned off the no-name road onto a rutted path. It being June, the lane was rugged, two deep tire tracks grown in between with grass. By the end of summer, it would be worn smooth. The captain's house was set squarely at the end of it, three rambling stories covered in shingle, a deep porch wrapped around three sides. As she had every summer of her life, Paulette sprang out of the car first, forgetting for a moment her children in the back seat, Scotty whiny and fidgeting in the rear. For a split second, she was a girl again, taking inventory, checking that all was as she'd left it the year before. Each member of the family performed some version of this ritual. Her brother Roy rushed first to the boathouse, Martine to the sandy beach. But it was the cottage itself that called to Paulette, 
The familiar stairs and hallways, the odd corners and closets and built-in cupboards where she'd hidden as a child. The tiniest of the Drew cousins, a little Houdini, in games of hide-and-seek. The Captain's House, the family called it, in memory of Clarence Hubbard Drew, Paulette's great-great-grandfather, a sailor and whaler. Clarence had hired a distinguished architect, a distant cousin of Ralph Waldo Emerson. The house had the graceful lines of the shingle style. It was built for comfort rather than grandeur. A house with wide doors and windows. A house meant to be flung open. On summer nights, a cross breeze whipped through the first floor, a cool tunnel of ocean-smelling air. Paulette stood a moment staring at the facade, the house's only architectural flourish. Three diamond-shaped windows placed just above the front door. The windows were set in staggered fashion, rising on the diagonal like stairs, a fact Paulette as a child had found...